0: Hello and welcome to Hashtag Storytime, the podcast filled with everyday stories from everyday people. Brought to you by iHeartRadio and Curativity. I'm your host, Will, pure as the driven snow McFadden. Guys, we have got another listener episode in two weeks. And I wanted to give you a heads up because I want your stories, okay? And for those of you listening right now thinking... I don't have any good stories. My life is a monotonous exercise of unrelatable circumstance. I'm basically a walking coma patient. First of all, shut up, okay? You're better than that. You're a goddamn fable baby. You're an elite member of a very intimate storytelling community who will welcome anyone except Seth Rogen. Have some hashtag self-respect, goddammit. Secondly, and I am a firm believer of this, everyone has... At least one great story to tell you just gotta know where to look in your own life you know what I mean and one of my favorite prompts or one of my favorite places to look when when mining for story gold is firsts firsts make for great stories First job, okay, my first job was I was an ice cream scooper at Haagen-Dazs in the Pacific Palisades, which explains my crippling addiction to dulce de leche. I was a terrible employee. I got us a B health rating because the health inspector walked in while I was eating ice cream out of a milkshake tin. Busted. I mean, uh, what else? What other first? First car, okay? My first car was a 1974 Chevy Nova. And I thought it was going to be, the you know, like a total chick magnet. But actually, it was just a lot of middle-aged men approaching me at gas stations asking, like, What you got under the hood. That was not my intention. Uh, First time, you know, first time smoking weed. Wonder what that's like. I bet that's cool. Or first love, you know, first kiss, first time making love. I'm not going to share that story because my mom listens to every episode of this and I'd rather her not have that information. Hi, mom. Uh, I know you have my mail. I'll come pick it up soon. Anyway, for the last episode of the season, which is in two weeks, I would love to hear your first stories. And all you got to do is call the storytime hotline at 323-741-1873 and leave us a story on the voicemail there. Just a heads up. There's a three-minute time limit, so if you get cut off, just call back and you know pick up wherever you left off. Or if you're a shy little guy, you can record your story on your memos app on your little cell phone and email it to us at storytime@collab.inc. However you want to tell your tale, you know, whatever makes you feel more comfortable. Tell us about the first time you saw a ghost or the first time you had sex or the first time you had sex with a ghost. I want to hear about it, and I want to share it on the Internet, Okay cool. Now, all of that brings us to our very special guest, Lauren Vogelbaum, who is telling a first story of her own. You may know Lauren as the host of the podcast Saver or Brain Stuff, or if you're more into murder, you probably know her from American Shadows or the Second Oil Age. And Lauren sat down and told me a little story that involved Jekyll and Hyde, an 11-inch ween, and some very loud noises.
3: I'm going to give a a content warning on Mm -hmm. this one because, not because it's um, it's any kind of horrifying story. Nothing bad happens. I I want you to feel like you're in a safe place. However, if you're like a family member or I don't know a coworker, um, like you guys, you might you might want to you might want to turn away now because I'm in fact going to talk about how I lost my virginity, which is such a strange phrase, isn't it? Like I don't I I didn't lose anything. I gained an amazing experience with my partner.
0: Right. Yeah. It insinuates that you gotta find it again.
3: Yeah. I mean I I know where I left it. <laughs> it's not it's not particularly lost. Right. Um so I was a little bit of a late bloomer in terms of dating. Um I didn't start dating until I was nineteen years old. I had never kissed anyone. I was completely new to all of this because I was very repressed as a child. Um <laughs> and uh so it kinda took me a minute to get into it and I <laughs> I was part of um the crew for the very worst uh college age community production of Jekyll and Hyde the musical yes. that has ever existed.
0: Uh that I mean that gets me going right there. <laughs> like I'm I I'm, I'm sorry if my parents are listening but like I'm aroused at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I am a huge musical theater nerd. Uh, I love made some musical theater. I've directed Many musical theater productions, and uh, uh, as many, any, any of the listeners of Storytime know, uh, a huge fan of the musical Cats.
3: Cats. Okay, that's a choice. Um, uh, I still have never witnessed that show. Mm. I don't feel like it's a good idea.
0: I mean, it's sort of the movie, especially, is a fever dream.
3: Okay, well, I'll keep that in mind for the next time that I am looking for one of those. Right, right. Yeah, um, but so Jekyll and Hyde the musical, if you're unfamiliar with it, um was i believe originated by david hasselhoff um in the broadway production and it's a it's it's a full orchestrational mess it is so over the top and you know all singing all dancing and so we had for our production um uh, a two two piece orchestra it was um this nice old lady on a piano um and the guy who would be my first boyfriend on a bass guitar.
0: And that, that was it. That's it. That's I it. I don't think you can call it an orchestra. I don't. He's <laughs> you know. called it a two piece orchestra. <laughs> I think that's just uh, an old lady on piano and a guy on the bass. <laughs> There's the only things he's called two piece are a bikini. <laughs> but I don't think you can say two piece orchestra. There's a word for that, right? We, we've got a concerto. Uh,
3: a a very small band. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not even sure if that counts as a band yet. Like, I mean, even Green Day has three performers. Um, <laughs> but okay. So, so we're out there doing what we can with less than Green Day for sure. And um, <laughs> the uh the the titular Jekyll and Hyde, the, the the man in the titular titular role of Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> is um is slightly older than the rest of us he's maybe about 10 years older the rest of us are maybe like i don't know yeah like like right around 19 um and he's a cam performer with an 11 inch penis and i and i know this because a he loved talking about it and b um he was an ex-boyfriend of this fellow who was playing the bass guitar who i would go on to date, um, this fellow, his name is Robert. He, uh, he's, we're, we're still friends. He's, he's very sweet. But, um, but he, in fact, had never dated a woman before we dated. Um, he had had sex with a couple ladies, but he had only dated men, and, um, and this was fine. I mean, you know, like, like no, no problems there whatsoever, except with his mother. Um, his mother. A wonderful woman. Um, like yay hi to me, and this is radio, so you can't see how tall I am or where I'm holding my hand. So she's um, about
0: six foot seven is what I'm getting. Yeah,
3: she's chewy sized. Okay. And um <laughs> but uh very very sweet lady. Um uh very nice. The first time that I met her, um, he was introducing me to her. We had been dating for maybe like a month or so, and uh and we went to a steakhouse and were ordering and you know trying to have a nice dinner and getting to know each other. <laughs> and um, uh, Robert, Robert um, had visited Europe a few times and had gotten used to eating his fries with mayonnaise, mm-hmm. and, uh, which is a lovely thing to do if that's what you're into. Right. Um, this doesn't have anything to do with my virginity. <laughs> it, that, that part's coming later. And, uh, and so he asks the waitress, if you could please have some mayo for his French fries when he orders. And his mother turns to me, and she says, you know how Bob likes the white creamy stuff?
0: Hello. <laughs> Check, please, mother. <laughs> oh my
3: I was like, oh, okay. Like later I was like, did that go all right? Like, is that how she normally behaves and Bob was like you know she just I I think you really threw her a curveball because you know I was talking to her about it and she was just like yeah it's it's great I'm glad if you feel you know if if you feel good about this person it's wonderful but Bob boys don't get pregnant and I'm concerned and I was like oh well it's I'm not gonna either I promise um working very hard on it at any rate. This was before we had even bound. Like I mean, like it was so completely like like we were taking it so slow because I was so freaked out about just everything. I mean and so new at it, which is and, and he was an incredibly dear person about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um and so wait, just to circle back. Okay. So we have the lead in Jekyll and Hyde <laughs> is is uh-huh. a twenty nine year old with an eleven inch <laughs> dong. And yeah. and he but he was also dating Robert, the he bass previous,
3: player. He had previously, previously dated gotcha. Robert. They were they were exes.
0: And then daughter. this so this was sort of a showmance that developed between you and
1: Robert.
3: Right, right, yeah. Cause um I was uh props. Um and I mean, you know you know what they say about props and the bass guitar of the two piece orchestra.
0: I don't. I'm so excited to, to find out. <laughs> what they
3: say. They're they're definitely gonna bone. <laughs>
0: Match made in heaven.
3: <laughs> so, this experience um, does not drive us does not drive us apart. It drives us together, um, and uh, and we go on to to date for a good couple of years. And sometime during that time, um, uh, I'm I'm living at this point um, in off campus student housing that used to be on campus student housing, which by, by which I mostly mean it's all concrete block. Um, you can hear everything that goes on right. in the entire building. Paper walls. thin,
0: paper thin walls,
3: paper thin concrete walls. <laughs> yes. Just just sound, sound travels quite well through them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's one of those things where it's it's got the it's got the it's got the split uh, split floor plan. So you've got just like just like one big long room and then like a like a a middle section that's got closets and a kitchen and the bathroom is off the kitchen for reasons I still don't understand. <laughs> and then a second big long room for your roommate and, uh, and things were, were progressing relationship wise, just, just in a lovely way. Uh, uh, and, and physically just in a lovely way, emotionally and physically, it was, it was uh, eye opening for both of us. And we finally decide, uh, you know, like, okay, okay, it's time. Uh let's find the virginity let's let's find it and <laughs> pin it down right there kind of doing the thing. And I am experiencing a a number of sensations that I've never experienced before and I am exuberant about them. Naturally. Um sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um and I was being vocally exuberant about them. And uh we we had we had waited until my my roommate who had been there earlier that day we had waited until we heard the front door open and close right which meant to us that probably sh- she had left yeah you know we were trying we were trying to be polite we knew that my exuberance was a possibility <laughs> so, so it's, it's
0: uh, a <laughs> I, th- I think we're alone now
3: exactly exactly and so uh so we had heard the door open and close we started getting busy and then we hear the door open and close again and we're like did she forget something Has she, has she, has she come back to get something that she is, or maybe was her boyfriend over and the first did what is, but at that point we're in the middle of it and politeness is not really the top concern. Right. Um, I'd say six or seven on the list. (laughs) And so we figure whatever she, she probably, probably. Uh, Her boyfriend was over and he left and now she's left. And so let's just keep going. So we do. And then we hear the door open and close again. And at this point, we're not we're just not sure. Like, are are there are there ghosts that are fucking with us while we're fucking? Like what like what is what exactly is happening here? It turns out um, we find out later the first door was her boyfriend coming over. Her second door was the boyfriend Realizing what was happening and leaving very promptly, and the third was her finally deciding that she could not take this anymore and and running into the night, um, and and it wasn't until wasn't until later that I realized I'd also left the sliding glass door open, mm-hmm. so my um my exuberance was the was the talk of the building for a little while, which I didn't actually realize. Until we were having a LAN party a few weeks later, because this was um, the, the the era at which if you wanted to play any video game with any other human person, you had to physically local area network your consoles or computers together. Oh, I I,
0: re- I remember. I was I was a big fan of the old Halo LAN parties.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were playing Halo, <laughs> um, and uh, and it was at my neighbor's house, uh, neighbor's apartment, and. A bunch of people from the building had come on down, and um, uh, I'm explaining that I live right next door, and he goes, oh, you're the girl in 2A, (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, and he realizes that he's just said something that's potentially awkward and maybe offensive, and he just, this is the first time I've met this dude, and he just looks at me, and he goes, you know, You've got a great set of pipes.
0: <laughs> You're like, Did you see me in Jekyll and Hyde? That's weird because I was on props, so I don't know how you know about me.
3: No, and that's the day that I knew I had to become a podcaster.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking about the sliding door thing. And do you remember in uh, Ace Ventura? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's sliding the door back and forth and doing that. Ah, <laughs>
5: uh,
3: <laughs> uh, you know, I think had it been closed, it wouldn't have made a difference one way or another. Again, sound traveled in that building. Um, it Concrete block, y'all.
0: <laughs> so, okay, so the roommate was in, never left. Boyfriend came in <laughs> th- and they listened together for... <laughs> how long were, was in between these two door open and closes? Would you
3: say? I You know, time goes away during <laughs> these situations. Right. I'm not sure. Um, but it, it seemed like quite a long time. I think that they were really like trying to do homework. It was a, it was a stressful part of the semester. I, you know, I'm not, oh goodness. I try not to interrupt people. I, I don't, I, oh.
0: So polite. This is, but this, this is your virginity. I feel like you, you, you know, it's your moment, you know, like you shouldn't have to, you know, yeah, you shouldn't have to tamper anything down. Like you should be like, you know they should have really given you the freedom and the space to do what you need to do in that moment.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, speaking of musical theater, right, it's like Avenue Q says, you can be as loud as you goddamn want when you're making love. So
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say everyone's a little bit racist, and I was like, I don't know how that that applies. <laughs> but,
3: oh well, so the second half of my virginity story, <laughs> no, no, oh, goodness, no, I said it was a nice one. Yeah, Safe or, space. Or for porn.
0: For porn. <laughs> internet wow <laughs> look at us musical theater nerds <laughs> just just knowing too many songs from avenue q
3: <laughs> that's this is not my surprised face
0: <laughs> so it what would you say if you had to sum up what the kind of the moral of the story is or the uh you know what did you what did you learn from that experience <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, from that particular experience um, I learned to text people if you're concerned <laughs> about making a lot of sex noises with okay. them in the house right uh, I think that's that's number one there. Um, but I, I guess I guess from the overall experience like I, I learned that um, that as first boyfriends go uh, someone someone who's had a lot of gay male sex is is actually a very good partner very considerate very gentle understands what it's like to be penetrated and so you know therefore wants to give you a a good experience um not not that anyone probably doesn't but you know just just it has a particular mindset about it you know
0: way to go robert (laughs) well done robert (laughs) yes i'm glad yeah i'm glad we stayed with his real name
3: Yeah, yeah, me too. That makes,
0: I mean, that makes total sense, though.
3: My dad's name is Robert. Um, (laughs) Oh, no.
0: Yeah. We gotta start
3: over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And actually, my dad's mother's name is Gloria, which is Robert's mother's name. So the whole thing was a little bit, I was like, what?
0: What is this web you've woven? (laughs) Robert and Gloria's. (laughs) Oh, no. They're everywhere.
3: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Well, um, I mean, thank you so much for, for, sharing, that, for sharing that story.
3: You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I apologize, and you're welcome.
0: I mean, I think it's uh, a story that a lot of people can relate to. I know when I was in the dorms in college, there were a <laughs> lot of noises happening. I lived in, a, and once again, sorry, parents or any relatives who are listening, I lived in a triple In college, so there was three Uh guys living in a tiny, you know, two hundred square foot room, and things were just happening all the time, (laughs) and like we're (laughs) mere feet away from each other's heads. Like the the level of of just not giving a shit that was happening in that room was like so far beyond my comfort level. Now I don't know how I I don't know how I've regressed, but I think it was just out of like pure necessity. Oh Right,
3: right. You, you you can't at a certain point because if you if you cared, that's all you would ever do. You, you, you wouldn't be able to get anything else done because you'd just be sitting there going like there are so many feet in this room.
0: Right. I think maybe that's part of the moral of the story, too, is like we just need to not care about <laughs> the sounds that we make uh, when having sex. Like everyone just needs to just deal with it put your yeah. head if you, if you're offended by it put some headphones on pop on a podcast listen to yeah. american shadows <laughs> i don't know you know but don't make me quiet down i am yeah. i am having a good time
3: right and right? and every and everyone deserves to have good times right
0: we just need to be more selfish in our <laughs> during our sex times
3: i i'm not sure if that's advice that i'm comfortable <laughs> giving out to people <laughs>
0: I mean selfish in terms of like doing what I need to do to enjoy and have a right. I guess yeah, that is a terrible way to put it. Um, (laughs) I guess it's maybe caring less what people outside of the room. Yeah, uh,
3: caring caring less what other people think. I think is great advice. Yes, most most kind. Is it is it still though? I don't know. Now I'm having second thoughts about
0: everything that I've just said.
3: Don't. Oh dear.
0: No, I think it is uh yeah, just not not giving a shit. No, that's also not. You got to give a shit sometimes. But
3: You do. Well, it's it's not it's not giving a fuck. Not giving a fuck when you're, you're fucking.
0: Fuck. Okay, there we go. That's that's the quote. <laughs> Look, when you're fucking, you don't give a don't, don't give a fuck when you're don't fucking. Don't give a fuck. Yeah. As long as everything is consensual and right. yes. And every both parties are being communicating and everything's good. Then
3: don't give give a fuck. Give give like twenty two to thirty fucks. Before. Yeah.
0: And during. And And then but then yeah. And after. Right.
3: But but not that one. Like that one particular fuck, don't give that one.
0: Right, right. It's very complicated, sex. I think that's what we've realized.
3: Yes. (laughs) This is the conclusion that we have painstakingly come to.
0: Well, sex isn't simple. Loud, no, not yeah, it's, simple. It's um, yeah, it's incredibly complex. And um, but that's why we talk about it on podcasts so we can navigate these treacherous waters.
3: Yes, you know, I uh, nineteen-year-old uh, Lauren did the work, so you don't have to.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, eighteen-year-old Will was doing all sorts of work too. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a what, humble brag, I guess. I don't know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, I think that's all the time we have for okay. hashtag story time on mm.
3: VocalBound. All right. <laughs>
0: Welcome back, Fable Babies. We've got another first story from our Live storyoki event in New York. And this one is from Hashtag Storytime producer Jason Shapiro. He hopped on the mic, and he told us a story about his first night in college and being a bit of a sweetie. Uh, Jason may or may not have credits, but he chooses not to share any personal information with me, so your guess is as good as mine. Enjoy.
5: Um, I'm going to tell a story about the first night of college, um... So let's go back like 30 years before that. Um, having parents that met before high school and are high school sweethearts can really fuck someone up. Like people talk about how divorce can fuck you up. Having parents that knew each other as children can really fuck you up because as a child then I was like, oh, that is what you do. You're, you're five and then you meet your partner and, and then you just go through life with them. So like from like five years old on, I was just like, is that my wife? Is that my wife? Is that my wife? Is that my wife? And that was like the most important thing in the world to me, is like, do women like me and will she be my wife? And so... Before the first uh, night of college, let's just say I was like a I was a sweet boy. I would call myself like I imagine like imagine me like two feet shorter with like a C cup and like <laughs> a really sweet boy who everyone is like that's the sweetest boy in the world. And so like girls were really interested in me f- from like fourth middle of fourth to fifth grade and then not again until like middle of 12th grade it was like a really cool sweet spot in fifth grade where I had a girlfriend and I thought she would be my wife and then it was just you know the dry spell of the century when you know I'm the little sweet boy who is like pining after girls in seventh grade being like are we going to be together forever and they're like please just let me hang out with this other person. Um, So 12th grade, you know, I'm in choir. It's like sweet boys do. You like you join choir and no one notices you. And like also like it it sounds like I'm feeling bad for myself. Like not at all. Not at all. Like not that kind of story. Um, But like, you know, I started to get noticed like 12th, middle of 12th grade in choir. Someone was like, Oh, did you just say a joke? And I was like, yeah, I said a joke or whatever. And they were like, where have you been? Who who are you? And I was like, I've been here the whole time. Um and so I asked that girl to prom and thought that she w- wanted to marry me, but like also was like way too afraid to like even hold her hand at the prom, so that takes you up until like graduating high school. Like we are like the sweetest boy who is like so afraid of anything, but also just thinks that they missed the mark on meeting their wife. Um, and so I go to camp, uh, meet a wonderful young lady and start dating her. And I'm like, this is it. This is it. This is like how I start my life. Um, but I need to take a little detour to go to, like, the biggest party school in the country. So I'm at University of Wisconsin-Madison. It's my first night of college, and my roommates and sweetmates are, like, such cool dudes. It sounded like they partied in high school. They maybe, like, went on dates. They experienced things outside of just, like going to a movie theater and seeing three movies. And so I'm just like, we have found the place. I'm like one of the cool guys. They're like, are we taking shots tonight? I'm like, yeah, I always take shots. Can do this all day. And um, we start exchanging stories about high school. I'm just like, well, you know, we would like party over here. And like, we would usually party in the Wendy's parking lot and like that was like our spot and they were like oh i grew up in calabasas and like went to a party at um you know the drummer of incubus's uh house and i'm like cool me too and so we're ripping shots it was gray goose like we were not we were not skimping on the good vodka first night of college cut to me Passed out at a Qdoba, probably like 11.30 at night. And my friends were like, this dude is hilarious. And I'm like, yeah, like, what was I saying? And then, you know, we keep drinking. We're like the dudes walking around um, looking for a frat party. And next thing I know, I wake up and it's like 8 a.m. And uh, you know those like shorts that everyone wore? or, like, a lot of people wore, I guess, in the early 2000s. They were called, I think they were called Sophie's. They were, like, colored shorts. So, like, there were some colored shorts and socks on the floor, and there was a note that said, thanks for a great night. And instantly my heart dropped. I had a a long-distance girlfriend who went to Kansas who, like, what is, what is happening? What don't I remember? And then, like, there's a shred of me who, that's like, oh, my God, am I, like, one of these, like, cool people that stuff like this happens to? And I just start, like, freaking out. And my friends are like, oh, yeah, yeah. It was, like, you know, Liz down the hall. And, and I'm, you know, calling up, like, friends, and I'm just like, what do I do here? What's happening? Like... I thought this would feel cool. And my friends are just like, dude, you had a crazy night. Like it happens. And I'm like in tears almost, about to call my long distance girlfriend at the time. And finally it's like 5 p.m. I had been stressing all day. And like I go to call her and they're like, dude, we pranked you. You passed out and some girl down the hall gave us her shorts, and she wrote the note. Instantly, I just start crying, tears streaming down my face. And they're just like, they're like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, we didn't mean to prank you. We didn't know you were, like, going to freak out like this. And I was like, no, these are happy tears. Like, I'm one of the cool guys that gets pranked. (laughs) So that was college.
0: Well, that'll do it. Thanks so much for listening to Hashtag Storytime. I'd love to give another huge thank you to Lauren Vogelbaum. As always, you can find links to all the awesome stuff she has going on in the description. We talked a lot about sex in this episode, and I just want to say from a personal standpoint, I'm devastated by the news coming out of the Supreme Court. And if you're like me and you're feeling helpless and not sure what to do and want to take action, we're going to include some links of some on-the-ground organizations that desperately need support and donations. So please look for those in the episode description. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review. It helps us out a lot and I literally read every single one of them. And if I like your review, I just may review it on Review Reviews on an upcoming episode. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss next week's episode featuring Jim Jacobson. Here's a sneaky little peeky. And then I started thinking about the significance of Seven. And throughout Maui's life, Seven seemed so
4: important. She would do takeout, as I called it, where she would go to her, her fruit bowl,
0: and as Maltese do, they would put a bunch of kibble in their mouth and then kind of walk a few steps away and drop it on the floor.
4: And it was always seven kibbles.
0: That's exactly how I eat, by the way, too. We, you know, it's a common thing, and you should do it with Cap <laughs> Crunch or any type of thing like that. You yeah. just reach in and put it on the floor. Hashtag Storytime is produced by iHeartRadio and Curativity Productions, hosted by Will McFadden. Sound designed by Tony Maddox, written by Will McFadden and Jason Shapiro. Produced by Jason Shapiro, Daniela Mora, and Jordan Elijah-Michael. Theme song by Scott Simons. Artwork by John Kusagaya.
4: Hi, this is Kurt Whitsmith.
2: You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said... Just before he kicked the bucket, he said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.